Bible, but we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 10. Again, the, the title of our whole series of going through Acts is, is the unstoppable mission of the church or church on mission. And so the book of Acts, the book of Acts really recounts for us the story of the early church. And it really is um, all about how the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ and in Him alone, His death and resurrection, how that began to spread. You remember that the, um, the early church was commissioned to go and to spread the word in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, right? So it started in Jerusalem with the Jews. It was to the Jew first, but then it began to spread. And we have this great opportunity in this short passage this morning, in the second half of Acts chapter 10, to be a witness to that milestone, this turning point in church history and turning point in world history and in the playing out of God's story because we get to see the gospel about the Messiah, the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ, now coming to the Gentiles. It's just a great picture of what we should be doing as his followers in simply sharing the gospel. All right, so let's read it. Uh, it, is, um, uh, it is Acts chapter 10, and it's verses uh, 24 to 48. It's the second half. And so, um, so let's read that together. It says this, On the following day, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then, why you sent me? And Cornelius said, four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner, by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. So now therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears Him and does what is right is acceptable to Him. As for the word that He sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. You yourselves know 
what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. Not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people? who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. A great story. Hopefully, as as I was reading that aloud and you were following along, you were truly getting a picture of what was going on here. It's almost like if there was a whole movie about what was going on, that this would be like a perfect scene. Oh, a scene in a movie that you would remember. And so what's happening, if you remember from last time, two weeks ago, that, that Cornelius and Peter, they both had, both had a vision. You remember that? And they had um, a visit from an angel. And there was, there was Cornelius getting the visit saying, you need to send for Peter. The one is at the house of Simon the Tanner. And you need to hear what he has to say. And so he was obedient. And then Peter, at the same time, remember he was on the rooftop and he had this crazy vision of the the sheet coming down with the animals clean and unclean on it. And you remember what it is that we actually see unfolding here that he was being told by God. He was being told that now the gospel needs to go to the Gentiles as well. That there is no clean and unclean anymore when it comes to the Jews and the Messiah. You see that? And so if you remember, it also said that that played out, that scene, that vision played out three times because it took Peter three times at least to kind of get the picture. We're all kind of like that, right? That oftentimes God's trying to get our attention and he needs to kind of reiterate it over and over. But Peter was getting it. Remember, he was at the house of the Simon the Tanner. The significance of that was that you know what a tanner does, right? He deals with leather. So he would have been around unclean animals. So for Peter, a Jew, to be around that, like that was, that was forbidden. That was against the customs of the day, which had been passed down for generations. And so here is Peter finally understanding. And so he says, just kind of summarizing what was going on, when he enters the house of Cornelius, because he was obedient, and he went, he walked in and he said, first of all, don't worship me, I'm just a man too. And he noticed all the people. And he said, I finally realize 
that, you know, it's, it's forbidden for me to be here. Peter is saying, I shouldn't be in your house, Cornelius, and all your family, because I'm a Jew and you're a Gentile. But he says, I recognize now that the good news of Jesus Christ is now for all. There is no clean or unclean. What a great takeaway for us this morning as well, that the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of salvation, is for all people of all backgrounds, of all nations. Amen? Right? There is no partiality with God. So that's why we support missionaries local. We support missionaries around the world because everyone needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So Peter recognized that. And so they kind of recounted what had happened. They were kind of sharing stories and and Peter was like, okay, so I was told to be here, and so I was obedient. And Cornelius is like, great, I'm so glad you were obedient. Here's what happened, right? Somebody appeared to me and told me to send for you, so I did, and we're all here. He gathered his whole family, and he said, now, tell us what you have to tell us. Did you ever have an opportunity like that in sharing the gospel? We showed up to somebody's house, and they had all their friends and family there. And they're like, all right, go ahead, tell us about Jesus. We kind of pray for that, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? So he had this perfect opportunity, and they were all listening. See, it also is great to remember that Cornelius, although not yet a believer, he was a God-fearer, so he was a seeker. He was one who was seeking after God. He didn't know all the truth about God. He didn't know all of the Scriptures. It said that he prayed And he prayed and was following the one true God, but he didn't quite know exactly how to do it or all that that meant. Remember, he was a high-ranking officer in the Roman army. He was very well respected. He obviously was a leader in his own home because all his big family was there, and they were all doing the same thing. They were following after him. How great of a reminder is it for us that God listens to those who seek after him. You know, in our responsibility as the church, we are called to go and share the word of truth because God is preparing hearts and minds even as we sit here this morning. I've mentioned this before and this is exactly what's going on here. God is orchestrating all the details in our lives even as we sit here and speak for somebody that you might talk to later on today or tomorrow. Maybe you're going to a Super Bowl party and you're rooting hard for the Atlanta Falcons, right, Jonathan? I know he's going to be. I told him we're going to have a healing service for him afterwards. We're going to pray over him and everything. But, you know, maybe, maybe there'll be an opportunity. You know, maybe there'll be an opportunity at a, at a Super Bowl party or tomorrow at work, whatever. But we should be praying for those divine appointments. But look at this perfect example of a divine appointment if there ever was one, Right? But what was happening behind the scenes that God was working in the life and the heart and the mind of Cornelius because he was seeking after God. He was seeking after the truth. And God recognized that. He even told him that. And so he said, go send for Peter and he will share the truth of the gospel with you. So he was a seeker, but not yet a believer. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. That's what Jesus was doing. 
Jeremiah 29, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. There are so many people that are searching after God. They're just directionless, without hope. They're looking for that hope. They understand there is God. But He wants to use us to introduce these people to Himself. So we need to be ready. We need to be praying and obedient. It's interesting that both Cornelius and Peter, at the same time, in different places, God was orchestrating this whole thing. What were they both doing? They were both praying. They were both praying. They were praying to God. They were coming before God. Being, uh, being seekers themselves in a way of coming before God and saying, God, just show me. Like wanting to, to be in tune with what the Spirit was doing. And so God was honoring that. So they were both praying and being prepared at the same time. Wherever there is a searching heart, God will respond. That's why it is certainly essential that we as God's children, that we be in prayer and that we be obedient and do what? And share His Word. You never know when your witness of Christ is exactly what somebody has been waiting for. Maybe someday soon you'll show up to somebody's house and they'll say, we've been waiting for you. And you're going to share the Gospel. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to share the simple truth of the Gospel in its simplest and plainest form? That we are sinners separated from God in need of a Savior. And Jesus is the only one who is capable of being that, that Savior because He's the only one that died on the cross in our place, was buried, and rose again. Resurrected from the dead. Witnessed by many hundreds of people. And that therein lies the Gospel. That it says, and if you can put up, I think it's um, verse 43... If you could put that back up. Just a great verse to to look at. It's kind of like the crux of the whole thing. To him all the prophets bear witness that, look, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name's sake. It's about belief. You know what happens when you believe? There is that, that intellectual understanding of the facts that you're accepting them, but it's so much more than that. You put your trust in that truth, the trust that you place in that, your faith and trust that Jesus is who He says He is, that He did what He says He was going to do, and that He did that for you. So it's simply believing. But believing is not easy. <laughs> it's not an easy thing. Because what you're doing is you're putting your full faith and trust in the truth of the Gospel, that Jesus died and rose again. And He is the only way to come to the Father. Didn't He say that? Except through Him. So Peter, at the same time that Cornelius was praying and seeking, Peter was obeying. Remember it says that there can be no faith apart from the Word of God. Romans 10.17 So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. So think about that. So God was orchestrating this to happen. He knew that Cornelius was a seeker, but God didn't just supernaturally share the truth of the Gospel with him. What did God do? He chose to use one of His servants, a mere man, Peter. 
He even said, don't worship me, Cornelius, I'm a mere man too. He used him as his mouthpiece for the gospel. He orchestrated all of it when he could have done it like that and made, you know, allowed Cornelius to believe and his whole family. He orchestrated it to send Peter and his comrades, right? They went to the house and he had to share it. Because faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. If we don't go and take the true gospel to our family, our workplaces, our school, to our friends, to the four corners of the earth, if we don't do that, who will? That's how God does it. See, we are the church, right? This building is not the church. We are called the church, the body of Christ. And God's plan for the hope of this world is that we would, in this age of grace, be His mouthpiece. As we said before, be His hands and feet. That we would be useful to Him. That we would be willing to share the Gospel, to share that good news. Scripture also says that we always have to be ready to give an account of that hope that is within us. Acts 4.12, There is salvation in no one else, For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So what Peter did is exactly what we should do. So a great thing to study is this passage in Scripture about exactly what Peter did. Because when he got to the house, you remember what happened? Cornelius said, okay, we're all here, we're ready. What do you got to tell us? And what did Peter do? He shared the story. He kind of... He kind of shared a little bit of the background. He said, okay, you all know what happened, right? With Jesus, he was in Galilee. Then he, he received the Holy Spirit and he went around healing people. They all knew about this. Of course, everybody in that area knew. But he was recounting the story. And then he finally gets to, in that verse we had up, verse 43, he gets to the gospel. For all who believe will receive salvation. Right? That's what we're to do. You talk to somebody and say, oh, you're a believer in God? Well, let's start with that. Like, which God is it that you believe in? Is it the God of the Bible? Okay, and you kind of figure out how you're going to share the story. Remember Paul did that when he was in Athens, and he was there looking around, and he was looking at all the gods that they worshipped, and there was one that was to an unknown God, and a light bulb goes off. He's like, hey, come on over here. They love to talk. And he said, I noticed that you have a statue of a a God who is, he says, it's an unknown God. I can tell you about the God that can be known. Like, what a great, what a great way to, to segue right into the sharing the story of God. And that's what he did. And that's what Peter did. He said, let me tell you about Jesus. I think that's a great way to start a conversation. If you feel the Spirit leading you to share the gospel, you can ask a very simple question. It might seem silly, but have you ever heard of Jesus? No, I mean, most people, of course, in our society here, I mean, They know about Jesus. They know about Him. They know some facts. Probably a lot of incorrect um, facts, alternative facts. Is that what we're calling it these days? I don't know, whatever. And so, you know, they know kind of about Jesus and some things, but how about we start with that? Hey, have you ever heard of Jesus? Yeah, yeah, I heard of Jesus. Yeah, but do you know what He claimed? You know what He did? Like, you start now, but it's all about Jesus. So that's what Peter did. He said, here's what Jesus did. You remember and how He did that? You know why He did that? Here's a simple reason why He did that. Because everybody there, everybody at Cornelius and his family, everybody in the whole area, they knew about Jesus' teaching. 
Every single person had heard, if they weren't there to see it with their own eyes, they saw, they heard about the miracles. They knew that he fed lots of people and that he healed the lame. And he cast out demons. They knew all that. They even knew that he was crucified on the cross. But at that time, most people, you know what they didn't know? They didn't know about the resurrection. They didn't know that he was alive again. And so Peter made it a point to say, yes, he died on the cross and was crucified for our sins, but he rose again. He was resurrected. Can you imagine they're following the story and all of a sudden he says he's alive again. They're like, whoa, wait, what? He came back to life? He is alive again? Like they just thought he he died on the cross and they're wondering what was going on. And so Peter shares the gospel. We have to always include that cornerstone of the Christian faith fact of the resurrection of christ and so that's what peter did he was being obedient to the moving of god through the holy spirit to do that and so the way that it plays out is again how are people going to believe if they don't hear so god sends peter to tell them so they hear the gospel they believe it says they receive the holy spirit at that time what was really given as sort of a, a sign to the unbeliever, uh, to the believers, they give a sign to Peter that they truly were now believers was that they were speaking in tongues, speaking other languages that they weren't able to speak before. And that was often, you see that throughout Acts, we're going to come to it in other, other chapters, that it was a sign the apostles were like, okay, this is truly happening and God is in this. And so they hear the gospel, they believe, they receive the Holy Spirit. And then what does Peter say at the end of that? He's just like, can anybody tell me why we shouldn't baptize them right now? Ain't anybody withhold water? Let's do this thing, right? It was great. So they heard the gospel because Peter was obedient. And he went and he told them the story. And he told them the story. But the highlight of that story being the truth of the gospel of Christ's death and resurrection and how it was witnessed by hundreds of people so they then believe they receive the holy spirit which is what happens to us did you know that i hope that you did that when you believe in the truth of jesus christ his death and resurrection as the only way for the forgiveness of your sins when you put your faith and trust in him and believing that that at that moment we say you're born again you receive the holy spirit within you that we call that being indwelt by the holy spirit that he comes and lives inside of you you'll never lose him god will never take him away you have the holy spirit and then each and every day that's how we live the christian life is by the power of the holy spirit calling on the holy spirit to help us to guide us to convict us to show us the way so they received the holy spirit and peter said let's baptize them and then they were to go and preach it to others right And so when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ and you know that you're born again and you have assurance of your salvation and you've been baptized as a public display of what's already happened inside of you, it's not supposed to end there. Do we know that? We're supposed to then go and take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the the four corners of the earth, right? To the ends of the earth. That is what we're called to do as a church is to go and share that hope that's within us. It's almost like this, like we have our missions team is going out to New York City this week to minister with a, um, 
an organization called the Relief Bus, New York City Relief, right? And what they simply do is, most of you know this, and they have these buses, school buses that are retrofitted as mobile soup kitchens. They go into different parts of New York City, uh, Bronx, Chelsea, um, Harlem, places in Newark, and they serve great soup and bread. But that's just a way to, to, to meet an immediate need because then what happens is they start to have conversations, right? And they get to then share the good news of the gospel and how they can kind of help them to get the help they really need that leads to, to true life transformation. But it's kind of like going, you know, if they just went and just said, hey, you know, this is, um, this is where all the bread and the soup is. And then people come and they flock from the streets and they take it and they go home and they never let anybody else know about where it is, right? It's been said that as Christians, we are simply beggars showing other beggars where to find the bread, right? Because we have found the bread of life, the living water in Jesus Christ. He has found us. We have accepted that gift of salvation. And so what we do now is We are supposed to go and share it, not hide our light under a bushel, am I right? So it's like as if somebody came and got that bread and soup and was so thankful, and then they went back to wherever they're staying, and they never told another living soul. Instead of going around the corner and said, there's free soup and bread. They're giving out socks and hygiene kits. They're going to pray for you. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. Do you know Jesus? should have my water here it's exactly what peter told them to do but then what's great is that the story ends here this particular story if you could put up just the last verse i want to make sure that we don't miss this you see what it says at the end of that so it says he commanded them to be baptized. So he's like, let's, let's baptize everybody. But then what happens? They asked him to remain for some days. Why do you think that is? What was Peter doing? Let's say he stayed for a week. <clears throat> they said, Would you, you just shared this amazing, life-changing news. What was he doing there for a few days to a week? Why did they ask him to stay? To do what? To teach them, Right? To teach them. That's what we call discipleship. He started some discipleship training. When The first day that you became a believer in Christ and you became a Christian, did you know everything on that day? Did you know everything that was in Scripture? Did you know how to perfectly live the Christian life? Nobody should be doing this. Everybody should be doing this. Right? So what happens for the rest of our days? We call that big word, we call it sanctification. It's it's God kind of setting us aside and, and every day we're, we're willing to commit to Him. As Christ said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Him, right? That's being a disciple. That's saying that you're making that commitment. But you need to know how to do it. You need somebody who's been doing it to show you the way. Somebody who's walked the path and is, is far down that path and walking and has a level of maturity in their faith and trust in Christ to come alongside of you, you're new, and say, show me, tell me. How do I live this Christian life? I was just told I have the Holy Spirit in me. Who, who is He? What does He do? This sounds great. Because you've believed it, but now you need to know how to live it out. And that's what the church is for. We're supposed to do that to help each other. That's why we have things like a weekly theology class. 
Or we have a Sunday morning student Bible study. Or we even have prayer time where we can share what's going on and pray for one another. That's why we, we sit and we, we hear the Word of God on a Sunday morning. We have Tuesday morning Bible studies. Why? Because we go deeper into the Word say, how do we live this Christian life? What does it look like to pray? I mean, when you first became a Christian, did you know how to pray? I mean, you, I mean it's, it's talking to God, right? But I mean, did you know what was happening when you were praying? And Do you know how to read the Bible? Do you just open it and understand it all? I mean, all those things, right? How do we live the Christian life? That is what they did. They said, stay with us. You can't just like share the gospel and run and be like, okay, you're saved, bye. But look, what a great lesson that is for us. God will use us to share the truth of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes, maybe that's all we get to do. But we should also be looking for that opportunity to stay a while, to remain for a time, to invest your life in somebody else that is new to the faith and show them the ropes and walk alongside them, come alongside them and say, here's a little bit that I've learned so far. Let me share it with you. And that is what Peter was doing. They said, stay. And so he stayed. So he's just kind of wrapping it up here. But both Cornelius and Peter, they were in prayer. They were allowing God to direct their path. He orchestrates all those details, but we need to be available and prepared. Do you ever have... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, that could be the Holy Spirit saying, I think you're done. So let me... Um, <clears throat> Did you ever, when you were a kid, play that game, the connect the dots? You know where you get the piece of paper and it's like you count by numbers, right? You paint by numbers, you connect the dots, and it's got all these numbers. And it's just like a bunch of dots on a page with numbers. You're supposed to go from like one, two, three. And also when you're done, there's a picture. Now sometimes half the picture is there, right? So I know it's going to be, but you still do it. It's fun. Sometimes you just can't even tell. It's like kind of a blank canvas, but you're supposed to connect the dots from one to two. You don't go from one to 38 to 50. I mean, you can do that. You're going to get a totally different picture. It's not even going to come out right. But the idea is that you're following along the path that is set before you. God is connecting the dots for you. Look at what he did with Peter and Cornelius, right? It's like there was these things happening. They didn't even know it, and God just brought it together. Did you ever see years ago there was this great, there's this great guy who had a, um, a a painting show on PBS, Bob Ross. You remember him? Remember what he was known for? Happy Trees. Remember that? Now he had the big afro and he would paint in a very soft voice. It's really interesting. He actually was in the military. He was like a master sergeant in the military for many years and, and he hated yelling at other people and telling people, get down, give me 20. He, he promised himself, he said, if I ever get out of the military, I'm never going to yell again. And he didn't. And he just talked like this. He talked about happy trees and he did all that. It's beautiful, right? And he would just, and he would show you. But you know what was so cool? Is that he would start with a blank canvas and by the end of the show there was this beautiful scene of nature. Like, how did that happen? He wasn't painting by numbers. But you know what? All these things were coming together and you could watch it and you were listening to his voice and you could see and little by little he'd put paint here and there and there. And I, I tried to paint. I can't do that. You know, I, I just can't. They always come out of stick figures, right? Or maybe it's just, you know, modern art or some, you know, something. And I don't know. I could probably do something to say, yeah, this has got a lot of meaning to it. I don't know. Who knows what it is? 
But it's like he would be able to create this beautiful scene from nothing. But he, you know, it was like everything was working together, and then boom, there it was. Almost like the connecting the dots. Like you start to follow along, and all of a sudden, there's the beautiful picture that you couldn't see. Right? Remember those 3D pictures where it's like you couldn't see anything, but if you focus just right, all of a sudden, hey, there's the ship, there's the ship, you know? It's like just to focus right. Well, God was doing that, He was orchestrating it. He heard Peter praying on the rooftop. He knew that Cornelius was seeking. And He brought them together. And what happened? None other than the gospel is now going to the Gentiles. And we should all be thankful for that. Because there is no partiality in God. And so we are now to follow the example of both Cornelius and Peter. To be praying, to be willing to be obedient, and to recognize that God is preparing people right now that are seeking after Him. God is preparing their hearts and He's preparing us to go share the gospel with them. Let Him connect the dots in your life. Let Him do it. Your job is to be praying and to be obedient. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for the opportunity that we have each and every time we get together to open Your Word. Thank You for the great story of Peter and Cornelius. We know it was a turning point, Father, in Your plan. and We know that You always had a plan to bring the gospel to the whole world. You made that promise way back in Genesis. That the whole world would be blessed through your chosen people, through Abraham and his descendants. We thank you for that. But God, we thank you for breaking through. Breaking through in that that mindset of the Jewish people that it was only for them that you then showed your apostle, your servant Peter, that the good news of Jesus Christ, salvation was for the whole world, for Jew and Gentile both. We thank you for that, God. Help us to carry on that tradition as we see in this great book of Acts, the church on a mission. We know it's unstoppable. So God, use us to be your mouthpiece. Use us to do what Peter did, to tell the story, to share the good news about Jesus Christ with all who will listen. As you're preparing hearts and minds, God, help us as we want to be obedient and praying for those divine appointments as well. In the end, you get all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We move to